your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 456 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And not to add to the Monday Blues, but the Senators' next two games have been postponed. Yeah, but at least, Ross, let's let's keep focused on their last game, which was a tough start, but they battle back and they do get one point. So there is some hockey to talk about, which is nice. But yes, the next two post games are postponed and Belleville Senators also getting their games postponed as well this week. We'll get into what has been a lot of positive cases for the Belleville Senators. However, like Pilsy said, we don't want to dwell on the negativity. So... We're going to discuss how Tim Stutzla is legitimately developing into a superstar. The next game that he plays will be number 82 in the NHL. So we got a full rookie season under his belt. What's made him succeed throughout? And is the sky the limit or does Pilsy put a roof on him? All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, December 20th in Pilsy, just when the Senators start playing good hockey. 5-2-1 in their last eight games. The league has to pull the rug right out from under their feet. I know, terrible timing here. And the worst part is, obviously, we're taking the COVID precautions very seriously, and it's ravaging through the league at this point. But it just sucks that the Sens were the initial COVID guinea pigs, and they had to go through all those positive cases, basically icing an AHL roster, losing game after game after game. And now they're finally over that hump. All the players or most of them are back. And then uh, they're playing the best hockey they've played all season. And then the rest of the league shuts it down on them. And obviously it's not anyone's fault, but it's tough that they kind of got the worst part of the start of COVID. And now when they're heating up, it's shutting down on them. So that's too bad for this hockey team and for Sens fans who finally had some games to cheer about and look forward to watching. I can't tell you the exact number of teams that have been shut down. The NHL announced that cross-border games would be postponed, which yes. pretty much eliminates all the Canadian teams uh, from, from that. And you'll see a game here, here or there. But right now, there are 21 teams affected by COVID. Hell, the Calgary Flames have 19 players in COVID protocol. Crazy. I think Matthew Kachuk's their only skater who's who's not in there right now. So it makes sense from that standpoint. It really is disappointing for the Senators who went one win in nine games from the day that they had their first player go on the COVID list until the game that Drake Batherson came back. He was the final player to return. So the Senators, without those, they're like eight and nine. It's not playoff worthy, but it's certainly more respectable yes. than where they've been at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, it's the timing of all this is is just terrible. And, too, like, 
there's no better time for hockey than right around the holidays, right? Like you're obviously the world juniors is, uh, is going to be nice, but you know, you're, you're spending time, more time at home, getting together with uh, family and uh, proper, proper measures. And you want to throw the game on and uh, chat and watch hockey with, uh, with your dad, brother, sister, mother, aunt, uncle, everyone. Right. So it sucks not having the games on for these times, but that's what we got to deal with. At Steve on Sens, a uh, good buddy of the show, Sens Central Citizen, tweets out, Sens go 1-1-1 one, one, and one in their last three games. Then he goes, space, space. Can't believe the league would shut them down when they've been so hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> but the re- the regulation loss, that's a one-goal loss in the game they were definitely in. And then the Philly game, that's OT loss where they were yeah. right in that. So, really, they could have been 3-0 and in that stretch. It's not too crazy to think of. So, it's it's tough. I, I feel for the coaching staff here because they had to grind it out and they finally got things clicking. I mean, the special teams unit for for this team recently has been amazing. Like I was Ross, uh last game, the Philadelphia Flyers had one power play and the Sens scored on their one power play. Oh, <laughs> they nice. scored a shorthanded goal. So like the special teams is just killing it lately and they are shut down. They are shut down. The Senators' PK ranks fifth in the National Hockey League in the month of December. However, they do have two, or is it three? Might be three shorthand. No, shorties. Yeah, Gambrell and Formanton. Who else got? I thought Formanton had two, but it might have been in late November. I think that was November, yeah. Late November, yes. I know that he does have two. Tied for the league lead in PK goals. All right, so we're getting into the real game, but to finish up, the Debbie Downer talk on a Monday morning. Appreciate you making Locked On Senators your first listen of the day, each and every one, Monday through Friday, although not this week. We're going to take Friday off. I'm going back to Ottawa. Hopefully going to be at the Sens game on New Year's Eve afternoon. Knock on wood against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll see everything seemingly up in the air. Pilsy, they take that Jets-Sens game away from us. and be really sad. Yeah, me too, Ross, because this is the first time, and I can't believe I've ever said this, but I was excited to go to Winnipeg in January. And if they take that game away, that's going to be tough. Especially, we're we're hoping to make it to the Ralph. I mean, crossing the border these days seems like a uh, crazy task, so we'll see how that goes. But if I could get to the Ralph and back to Canada Life Center for a Sens-Jets game, and Ross, games that were in attendance have a very good effect on the win-loss record. Have they ever lost? I don't don't think so. 3-0. We've never watched a live Sens loss together. No. Yes. A couple Belleville ones, though. A couple Belleville (laughs) ones. Yeah, that's for sure. But And then hopefully we can keep that streak going with the Nodak Sens. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. But... We're at the mercy of uh, government protocols and the way COVID goes here. So that's just that's just the world we're living. In. I got I got I'm running out of ways to phrase that, Ross. Yes, I know it's super unfortunate. And to put a bow on this conversation, yeah. or to put a lump of coal in the box and tell you it's your Christmas present, seems like the NHL withdrawal from the Olympics is all but an inevitable right now. It's I mean, look. I'll be the first one to say I miss best on best hockey at the Olympic stage. I just want to see McDavid and Crosby play on the same team. Is that too much to ask? I think it might be at this point, Ross, but they can't go to the Olympics. Like I, like there's not even a part of me that's like, Oh yeah, let's, let's try to make it work. Let's do this, do that. No. And like at this point, like there's so many games canceled, like uh, NHL games. That is like going to China 
in the way the world is right now seems like a terrible idea. You're looking at five week quarantines, possibly like, I don't know, just the whole thing is just a mess. And if we want to see best on best to hockey, then we need to watch the juniors do it because I think that's the only appropriate way to do that at this point. And look, there hasn't been NHL players at the Olympics. What now this, if they don't go the second, wouldn't it be the third? No, because they went to Sochi in 14, so it was just Pyeongchang in 2018. True, okay. So Chris Kelly, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Captain Ar- Canada. Artem Zub, shout out also. Oh, gold gold medalist, medal. not a big deal. Yep. Russia's going to dominate, by the way, in an Olympics with no NHLers. You mean the uh, wor- the world athletes of Russia, right. or the Olympic athletes of Russia. Yes. Let's uh, make that very clear. We're not calling them <laughs> Team Russia. Um, but uh, yeah, like we're used to the Olympics not being NHL players at this point. So I don't think forcing it right now makes a lot of sense, even though I know there's a lot of guys like you feel for Steven Stamkos, right? Like, oh my God, this guy's been one of the best Canadian NHL players throughout his career and no Olympic uh, opportunities for him just through bad luck here. So you feel for guys like that, but at the same time, like, like they just got to try to get a handle on the NHL season. So to go into the Olympics is a whole nother animal. And I know the NHL, they promised the players they would do their best. But at this point, the players got to be like, look, we know you promised us, but we don't want to go anymore. And, and especially like the families of uh, the players that would be going over, like you're, if you're a wife or partner of uh, one of the athletes going over, you can't, it's going to be hard for you to support that, especially if you got kids in the mix too. They don't want to be away from their, uh, their dads for that long or have potential problems getting stuck in China. So I think at this point, it's sad to say, but the Olympics really should not be happening for, for NHL players. That announcement has not been made yet, but as we said, just about inevitable. We'll tweet it out at Send Central when we know more. So make sure you're following the show there and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. You can subscribe on YouTube. Hello, I finally got rid of those moving boxes in the background. So go see for yourself. Hop on Locked On Senators on YouTube. As of right now, the Sens' next game is December 27th in Washington. And then they're back home for two against Boston and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the game I mentioned, on New Year's Eve. Funny enough, if this schedule does hold, they play New Year's Eve at home, 1 p.m., and then they play in Toronto on January 1st. So they'll be busy right over the holiday season. Again, everything's subject to change these days. Following that game in Toronto, they come back for one against Minnesota, and then it's their longest road trip. Um, Actually, no. Did they have a six-gamer? No. A couple four-gamers right here. Not quite six. One five-gamer. So it'll be tied for the second longest road trip. The other one in March when they do the Florida, then they go out West Arizona, Vegas, St. Louis. Anyways, after that game in Minnesota, they go at Seattle for the first time at Vancouver, at Edmonton, at Calgary, at Winnipeg. So if we're looking at a situation where border travel is still an issue, that's a pretty big stretch right there. If you include Toronto where six of seven games or five of six games rather are against Canadian teams, right? In Toronto and then all the Western games. I'm just trying to will this game in Winnipeg to happening. That's all, Pilsy. But we've got a game to get into ourselves, and that's the Senators' 4-3 loss in overtime to the Philadelphia Flyers. We hope you downloaded the postcast available after each and every Ottawa Senators game. That's why I had to give you the list because it's not soon, but there are lots on the horizon when things. And right now, so that means Ottawa has 
four games right now that need to be rescheduled. I think because, five because no, there's because, two from that initial stretch, right? Right. But then, and then the Boston game, and then the two this week. Yeah, the Boston one I missed, right. Yeah. You're right. So there's still five because I, I was confused because the Devils game was ultimately rescheduled and played. Yes. They initially yeah, missed three. Finished. So two more there, three here. Math guys, boom, sends up five games left to be rescheduled. After all that math, I need to grab a built bar and rejuvenate because built bars are known for a punch of protein. Built bars are the health conscious choice when you're looking for a protein bar that tastes great too. Don't sacrifice great taste. Because you want to be healthy. Have both. Have a Built Bar. Available in 16 amazing flavors. And soft. And easy to chew. And 100% covered in chocolate. That's where they get the moniker that they're the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. But they're great for low. Because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. That's all I got to say. You know what else actually? When you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a great holiday gift. Because the mixed box of Built Bars are unbelievable. You could put them as stocking stuffers, something different for everybody. The key is that you go to builtbar.com or even just built.com. We'll take you to the same location. And when you check out, make sure you put in our promo code LOCKED15 gets you 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar. Go to Built.com. All right, Pilsy. So we already went through the game summary on the Locked On postcast. Postcast. But I want to talk about Tim Stutzla. Now, 81 games into his NHL career, the next game, whenever that might be, will add to a complete season. Right now, he's at 17 goals and 45 points. Your thoughts, sorry, 44 points. Your thoughts on his first full NHL season. This is right around where I thought he would be, right? Like, I think everybody was uh, was getting very, very hyped and being like, Tim Stutzel is probably going to be at the 60-point mark uh, after a full season of games. That's a little, yeah, looking at you, Ross, that's a little <laughs> aggressive for sure because, look, being a teenager rookie in the NHL is tough. Pilsy. If Let's he had played center the whole time, I'm looking at points per game. He might be there. Yep. Well, hey, we were clamoring to draft Tim Stutzler to be a center, but we didn't get our way. And then we said, okay, we'll take him out left wing. And now we're accepting him back at center again. But I think it's clear that his game is is more tuned towards the center, center ice because he just he's not able to be like stagnant and wait for the play and wait for the puck on the, on the boards at left wing. Right. Like I think that was the biggest issue is when you don't have him moving his feet and allowing him to roam around the ice, he's not able to be creative and get those touches with the puck to get things going offensively. So I think that was a big part of it. Now they still got to work on the face-offs for Tim Stutz. So that's for sure. That's still a big issue there, but Apart from that, and now that they found Alex Formanton to go on that line with him and Connor Brown, this is a whole new player we're looking at. And the point totals, the stats will will show that exact, like finally the stats and the eye test are matching up here, Ross, because Tim Stutzla has proved that he is more efficient at center ice. And a part of it too, when he's moving over, people were saying, and rightfully so, that he'd played the last year and a half in Mannheim at left wing, yep. World Juniors, he even played left wing Florian Eliash was the center and you're like wait what but <laughs> especially over in Mannheim 
when you have more ice at the wing position, you can still create. You can yep. still drive your line. In the NHL, playing against the biggest and best defensemen in the entire world, you run out of room so quickly. So he would get these breakout passes on the boards, one step, and boom, the puck's off his stick. He gets closed off. He can create so much with his speed when he's at center, and that was on display in his goal against Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point to make too, because also with the bigger ice, Ross, you don't get forced towards the board play yes. as often. The, the I, I assume the puck would tend to get towards the middle of the ice uh, much more often than towards the boards with a little more ice to play with. So that's definitely a thing. And uh, yeah, like that, that play was perfect, perfect showing of why he's better at center ice because he was able to roam from one part of the ice to the other. Whereas if he's stuck on the wing, he's going to be locked into that left side. Whereas he picks up the puck on the right side of the ice, notices that he can go wide around wrist line and goes wide, 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 wide. And then just when you're pretty much, uh, you're pretty much out of space there, he whips it past Martin Jones for a nice, nice, bad angle, tough shot that Jones really wasn't ready for and uh, wrist line. And I don't think thought he was going to get that shot off on that angle. That's a play that we've seen from Tim Stutzla before, especially when he's yeah. creating in the offensive zone where he has this wide stance with his feet and he holds the puck so far away from his body. And he's done it so often that I guess he's able to get some power on his shot too, because he was able to put that upstairs up and under the bar. That was a beauty goal. Oh yeah. He just whipped that puck in. And especially like, Think of, like, Tim Stutzla is still a teenager. Like, think of when he's going to get bigger and stronger and he's going to be able to push the defenseman off of him a little bit better rather than having to go more wide. So this way he can go wide but drive towards the net and push up against that defender. He's only going to get better because that's going to create better angle shots for him. And his shot, we've seen it when he's confident, it's tough for goalies to beat or uh, to stop, sorry. So put this in the category of, huh, Tim Mm -hmm. Stutzla? Has four goals in 40 home games. Oh, no. Yet 13 in 41 road games, despite having 13 more shots on goal on home ice. So for you, is this just a ticking time bomb and it'll regress to the mean and he'll start to light it up at the Canadian Tire Center? I don't know. You would assume. And then also you start thinking, well, at home you get the better matchups and stuff like line matchups and stuff. So like, it's just very odd that he isn't able to produce at home like he is on the road. I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah, I I, I have no clue. I was just going to guess randomly at something, but I have no clue why the splits are like that. It's a very fair answer. And courtesy of Ian Mendez, who had a great article, he's always reading our mind. That's, you know, friends of the show. We're on the same wavelength. I was texting Pilsy Sunday. I said, Timmy's played a full season. we got to get into his superstar development because I feel like we haven't been able to use the term Timmy superstar as much as you and I would have liked to (laughs) just absolutely overuse it. But now we're starting to see light. Still not quite at the point totals this season of, uh, of Lucas Raymond, and that's okay. Like you said, he doesn't turn 20 until January 15th. He could be at World Juniors right now. But instead, he's in a situation where he's got points in four of his last five NHL games. Sorry. Yeah, four of his last five NHL games. And then if you go back to he had three points uh, in his game against Colorado. So seven points in his last seven games. And the ice time is just ticking up as well. And this this is awesome to see the responsibility at the other side. And I know they're protecting him in the faceoff circle. And he was pretty awful 
on uh, on Saturday night against Philly. He went one for eight, which is a nice 12 percenter. Uh, actually, against the Islanders as well, he went one for seven. So the face-offs still need to be worked on if you're Tim Stutzla. But I think you kind of let it fly when you found a speedster on his wing. Now, Stutzla went out there and said, I'm loving playing with Alex Formanton. I'd say Formy probably has the same thoughts too because he's seen his yeah. production take a huge uptick since being put with 18 and 28. Oh, yeah. I think any player that plays with Formanton uh, will have good things to say because it makes your job a lot easier, right? You see Formanton that he has a stride going, just flip it up to him and let him do the rest of the work. So that's definitely nice on uh, in terms of the breakout. And you got two guys you know, younger guys that have a bunch of speed and skill, put them together with a responsible defensive two-way forward and Connor Brown, and you can really let them fly off the handle because they've got a guy who can kind of make sure he's he's mopping up any of their messes uh, coming back the other way. So I think that second line is doing really good, and it's really refreshing to finally feel like the top six is figured out here. Like that top line obviously has been solid, but now that you have a formidable stable top six that's going to go a long way i'm so happy to see formanton back to the player we knew he could be yep there was such a tough stretch there he missed that pittsburgh game that they won so he went 10 straight games in the lineup without a win starting in chicago remember he got that only goal in a complete beatdown loss i think it was 6-1 7-1 then they lose the next night in minnesota he had an assist in that game they lost in overtime good comeback and then kaprizov with the ot winner and then in the, the next eight games, Pilsy, he had no points. Zero. Fans were calling on sending him oh, down to the minors. Don't even that get me started. One of the worst takes ever. Yeah. But then, since the Carolina game, which happened to be December 2nd, he now has seven points in his last eight games. Oh, mm-hmm. funny timing. That's when he was put with Tim Stutzel. So I think we've really found a combination here. That works. Do you think this is a little much to be asking of Alex Formanton, knowing he has the PK responsibility as well, or do you think he's ready for this challenge? He's ready. I mean, uh, like the proof's in the pudding. (laughs) That's that's what I mean. And if not him, who else? Right? Like we tried Nick Paul there. That was, I'm gonna say that was a disaster. Like it wasn't even bad. Like it was, it was very bad. Like it was not good. So that didn't work. And then, yeah, who, who else did he get there? And they never really tried Ennis. Ennis could have been interesting uh, playing mm-hmm. uh, left wing there with Stutz because it's kind of similar to Formington. Sanford, they never really – I don't think they tried. Sanford that. went right up when Batherson was out, and he played with Norris and Kachuk, but didn't really get an opportunity with uh, with Stutz. So, yeah, they stayed away from that. It's been mostly Nick Paul. Um, yeah. Ian Mendez in his article put uh, – what was the other name that he put on there? It was uh, – yeah, so Nick Paul and Connor Brown, Alex Formanton and Connor Brown. And then, then Stutzla up with Norris and Batherson. Exactly. He moved up as well. And I, I found it interesting that, I mean, the sample size is obviously the lowest, but this the numbers are also the worst with Batherson and Norris. Was that just a result you think of so many other players being out of the lineup? It was a last-ditch effort. They had to, you know, put some line that could contribute. Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. And, and like... Going from second line to first line when you're that young is a big difference. Like going up against other teams' top defensive pair and top forward lines will really change uh, going from second line to first line. So that's tough on Timmy. Okay, we've got new segment alert. Who's back of the week, which we'll get a fancier name for it, but we'll get to that afterwards. We also 
want to see what the next 82 games will hold for Tim Stutzla. It's the Timmy Superstar edition of Locked On Senators today. And again, go check out Ian Mendez's article. He dives into the numbers a little bit more than we are. But forget numbers. I'm going off a of feel. And if the feel of the last 10 games is any indication, buy your Tim Stutzel stocks right now because they are about to take off absolutely soaring, just like the stock at betonline.ag. Pilsy, do you want to go with a word from our favorite gambling sponsors? Yeah, well, I I don't have a parlay for probably, I don't even know if there are two games going on in the league uh, tonight. So that's a, I'll take, I'll use that as an excuse for no parlay today, Ross. Uh, I'm taking a break sitting on the sidelines, but that doesn't mean you need to. I'm just taking a responsibility check. Gotta gotta figure out my game here. But there's a few games tonight, Pills. Okay, well that's nice. Well then you can get off the sidelines and you can get into the oh. action. <laughs> I didn't see the PPD besides three of them. Never mind. Two games tonight. Two games. I'll give you a quick parlay. Wild on the road, blue jackets on the road. Money line? Money line. I'll pull uh, it up while you tell us about our friends at Bet Online. I'll let you know what you can win. All right, guys, now you can start making fun of Ross for never hitting parlays because uh, we'll see how he does on his very first one here. So, but Ross is getting off the sidelines. He's getting into the action with the trusted sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys know it. It's betonline.ag. And the best part about betonline.ag for our loyal listeners is you can go make an account today for free. Use our promo code Locked On, and you're going to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. So, how does that work? You put 100 bucks in, bingo, bango, bongo, you're going to get $50 in free play money. So, that's a nice way to start off your holidays, getting some free play money to use at betonline.ag. So, Ross, let the people know what your final parlay is here. I had to click on buses for about four yes. things to <laughs> verify that I'm a human being, but now I'm robot. in. We've got a parlay. I know you like to do $10. $10 wins you $29.80 at betonline.ag. So get into the action right now. Use our promo code locked on. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Pilsy, I'm pulling it once again. Tim Stutzla, career stats 81 games played, 17 goals. 44 points put that behind him what do you see for the next 81 games what's your stat line prediction for timmy ross there's one big thing that will change my answer here and it's going to be very hard for me to forecast this what happens when shane pinto comes back to the ottawa senators going to be because a while that rip yeah it's going to be a while but still that's going to be a big part of his next yeah. 81 games play or at least like probably we could say half the of second that, half right? of it yeah it yeah. sounds like uh a- end of april would be a, a tester and he'll only get five or six games unfortunately so. yeah um so that that really changes everything for me because and that we don't have to get too deep into this topic but basically is Tim Stutzler going to stay on that second line as a centerman? Is he going to shift to the wing at that center line at that second line? Or, and I don't think this is the right option, but is he going to play third line center minutes when Shane Pinto comes back? We no. don't know. No. And it's going to be very interesting. But Ross, would you rather have him play down the lineup playing center or up the lineup playing left wing? Let me pose that question. Great question. I think especially with Pinto coming back from this extended time off, He's your number three guy. 
and he can okay. work in a defensive role. So I'd say no to Timmy. I'd be very comfortable, though, with Pinto on the third line. I might even move Connor Brown down to give him someone with a little bit more offense to play okay. with, and then you keep Timmy. That way – But then who plays on Timmy's line? That you'd have to figure it out. Maybe Tyler Ennis. You go with Formington, Stutzla Ennis, or maybe somebody can step That's up from the minors line. by then. I don't know if Igor is ready for another shot at that point. No, you can't put Igor with Formington and Stutzla. Uh, come I don't on, think that's man. a at good idea. Day, it's going to be all development at that point of the year. Like, think we're if, or it if, be. if we're if we're saying that he's going to come back when end of April would be a fair a fair assessment. The last game is April 29th. Like, I think we're only going to see this for three or four games. So I don't know if yeah. it's going to be even much of anything to to worry about this year. Colin White, though, is going to be back probably start yes. of April. Yep. So where does he fit in? Maybe he plays right wing. Yeah, you got to put him on the wing. Yeah, you, I don't think uh, he should be playing center center There's position. There's so many questions, too, because like, does Tierney's contract somehow miraculously get moved out at the deadline if the Sens keep half? Lots of questions and not a whole lot of answers. Do you know when trade deadline is? No, no clue. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I have no clue when the trade deadline is. Rebuild over, so it year. doesn't matter, but it's March 21st. Okay, okay, interesting. So, yeah, so to answer your question about Tim Stutzler, to get back to, back to that, for the next 81 games played, he had 44 in this one. I'm, I'm saying... 55 points the next 81 games played because I, I think he's going to get a boost here, but people need to slow their roll on thinking he's going to be a point per game guy in his entry level contract. Like no, hardly anyone does that. Like no one does that. So let's just all chill out a little here and be happy with this production because this is fine production. And you gotta, you gotta look too. This is a Senators team that has been in the bottom five of the league the entire time Stutzla has been here. Right, but if the rebuild Most of is the time, I should say exactly. Well, if the rebuild is on the right track, you got to think by the end of his next eighty-two games, it's a team that's going to be competing at least to get into that second wild card position. And Tim Stutzel would be a huge reason for that. So, yeah. in the next eighty-two games, I'm going to say that taking into account just the brutal shooting percentage at home, you got to think that rises a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to say he's get, going to get twenty-six goals up from seventeen. In his next 82 games. And What's hey, maybe, the point total though? So if I'm going, what did I say, 25 goals? 26. 26. 26 goals, 38 assists. What's that? <laughs> 64? 64 points. Okay. There you go. So you're saying he's going to get a 20 point increase? Yes. Wow. And the reason why I'm maybe a little bit more confident in that is seeing from Ian's article, he goes through a couple. Um, star players. I'm comfortable with calling these guys star players. Oh, yeah, definitely. How their first 82 games went, and then what their next 82 games looked like. So Vinny LeCavalier went 28 points, and then he went 69. Then you got Tyler Sagan, who's playing on a great team in Boston. 31 points his first 82. 64 in his next. Barkov got up to 60 from 31. Basically, these guys all double their production. So when you're looking at that, I'm not saying Stutzel is going to get 88 points. I'm just saying that it's not insane to think that he could get nine more goals and upwards of 15 to 20 more points, especially if the guys around him. Tim Stutzel has been doing this on, yeah. over the last eight games when the Senators have been winning. Connor Brown hasn't scored a goal. He's got six points in eight games, so he's not out of 
contributing at all, but no goals. Yeah. So imagine he gets a little more extra scoring on his wings. But Maybe I think also win. Connor Brown doesn't have any goals because of what I talked about, right? Like he's playing a very defensive mind right. game with Formanton and Stutzla taking the reins offensively. But I get your point for sure. And But the thing is, looking at those players you mentioned, they were on better teams. Now, yes, we assume the Senators will have a better team, but... Not Barkov. But other than that. Yeah, other than Barkov, but Barkov's generational talent. I yeah, think uh, yeah, he's, he's a little... Well, I mean, you could put... A, did, uh, did you mention Drysaddle in there? He no, was one of the I other didn't. players. But Drysaddle, I would say, is also generational His talent. His was strange, though, because he came up, I think he had like th- five points, and then they made him miss World Juniors yeah. and then sent him back to Junior. So his first 82 games was like so It was very random, yeah. And all over the place. So I left that out. But of course, he That's is fair. a true star right now. It's the unfortunate German superstar. again. It's unfortunate we didn't get to see Drysdale and, and Stutzel on the same team as well. Honestly, at, yeah, at that would have been great. Yeah. Um, Pilsy, before we go, so again, the Senators, two games postponed. That sucks, but yep. it's the way of the world. We don't get to see Logan Brown come into town on an absolute heater like he is right now. Um, Does Logan they, Brown have a hat trick this year, though? No. No, in a losing effort. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, so right now their next game is scheduled for December 27th then the 29th then the 31st and the first so there is senators hockey on the horizon just not right in front of us as the league is doing their best to contain covid and the over 100 players right now on covid protocol the sends are one of 10 teams without anyone there we hope that continues but unfortunately the same can't be said for the belleville senators troy man told i i wish i could give credit to the the reporter maybe mark broussard of ledois whoever it was, that maybe it was our, our friend Sylvain Saint Laurent. I believe it was Le because I remember reading it in French, but 16 positive tests on the Belleville Senators. So we're hoping uh, for the best and quick healing for uh, for those guys down there because they've had now three or four straight games postponed. I think four now. Yeah, like that's uh, – it's been tough for those guys. And especially like I, f- I feel pretty bad for uh, Matt Murray here too. Like he got in – no, he got in two games, two games, and he was in trying to get weeks. things going again. Yeah, and oh, while we're talking about goalies, I know this is off from um, Belleville, but it's always on talking goalies, goalie friendly show. Center. Yeah, I was shocked. I think it was the right decision in in a uh, micro choice, yeah. but I was shocked that Philip Gustafson did not get the start on uh, last game because now it's going to be like a month. That he hasn't yeah. played. And this is your top number one goalie prospect. And they just gave us that whole spiel about how it's going to go to development. Now, I'm not going to fault DJ Smith for no. putting in the coaches, best. Coaches are always, what can I do to win tonight? Exactly. And that that's what I'm saying. That was the right choice to put Forsberg in. Because once again, he was my bike helmet guy. He played amazing. But... To have Gustafson sit and be this cold for this long and now, and you gotta, you had to have some sort of inkling of more postponements coming ahead. That's tough for a young goalie like that. And like, obviously, it's not like he'd be playing in Belleville either. So there's not that side of that argument. But I would have got him in for that Philly game just to get him on the ice. And it's not like Forsberg needed that game to, to stay hot or that he needed to bounce back from that Tampa game. You know what I mean? So I was very shocked to see Gustafson sitting there, especially when they already knew he wasn't going to be playing in a back-to-back situation. That Boston game was already confirmed postponed. So that was an interesting move for me. And I'm surprised Zach Burke didn't kind of let DJ know, hey, we got to get Philly franchise in a game here. 
Yeah, but at the same time, when you have a guy who's five, well, now he's five, one, and one with a 926 save percentage. I don't think the Sens have seen a 926 save percentage in years over any extended <laughs> period of time. So, well, no, they have. Who? Philip Gustafson last oh, season. <laughs> not that wasn't that good. He had like a 917. I mean, that's still unbelievable. No, I think it was better than that. It was better I'm than that. Look. I'm gonna check it out. Over a five, what what sample size are you using here? Five games, seven games, seven games. I I think he like Philly franchise was one of the best goalies in the league in a in a stretch there. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I mean, oh, that's this year. I just saw so many L's. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like that's something where you think they would have uh, like um like a big pitcher thinking and be like, we got to get Gus in. Nine thirty four. You're right. There was a seven game stretch where Gustafson went four one and one. Although one of those games he came in, um, he came in midway through against Calgary. I mean, uh, it, w- it wouldn't change. Nine thirty one. 931. Yes. So, and on the year, 933 in nine games. 5-1-2. and two. So you're right. That's what I'm I, saying. So the, the, the last guy to do right. it is sitting on your bench waiting yeah, to go. Those, those um, numbers aren't from this year. And he's the, he's the guy that you protected in the expansion draft, and he's your best goalie prospect right now. So He's got one win in his last seven games, 880 save percentage. So if you're going seven games, their last seven games, are you taking the guy with a 926 or a guy with an 880? Yeah, I I am fully willing to admit I understand and I appreciate that decision and it probably was the right decision if you're trying to win games. But the big picture to have Gustafson sitting for this long yeah. is not good. Yeah, and I mean this conversation all started because Matt Murray's been in Belleville for three weeks and has two games. Speaking of the AHL, Joey Decord made maybe the save of the year last night with Charlotte. Oh, I missed AHL. it. Damn. Unreal. You got to uh, you got to um, Twitter. Well, I mean, Dax obviously retweeted big social media guy. Dax <laughs> loves his own said, highlights. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that at all. Wrong with that. Um, but with Belleville, like, I don't even know what's next. Like they got shut down. Guys are going home for Christmas once they're cleared of the COVID protocol. But it's such a shame because again, a team that was starting to play yeah. such better hockey, even on the road trip that led up to the pause. And so it's really unfortunate that those guys are being robbed of an opportunity to make up for lost ground that, I mean, they did it to themselves, sure, but that was a real tough start to the season. Yeah, it was very, I mean, they followed in the footsteps of the Ottawa Senators starting off the season horribly, and then they picked it back up, and then they got shut down at their hottest time. Yeah. Dang it. I mean, still hottest time. Like, yeah, two straight wins, but they had three straight losses before that. They've been a streaky team because before those three losses, it was four straight wins. So all in all, we hope, that the bottom line is we hope that the team gets healthy soon. I have no idea when their next game is going to be. They've got a lot of scheduled games coming up against the Toronto Marlies. They're supposed to play there on, um, they're supposed to play there on boxing day. So we'll see if that happens. Then yeah. That one's not quite postponed yet. Right. Yeah. But then they so. come home for two, one against Syracuse. So again, border travel might play there, yeah. but then their next two games after that also against the Toronto Marlies. So wonder if any, if, if any of those will be played. Okay, so the Senators, 5-2-1 and one in their last eight games, postponed. What are you going to keep as your holding on to moment from the last stretch here of winning Sens hockey? The special teams. It's got to be the special teams. And my first thing was to go on Forsberg, but I think I've I've really nailed that down enough. Um, the special teams has been incredible. Like, and that's... That's not even like a hyperbole or pumping it up or rose-colored glasses or anything. Like 
it has been amazing what they've been able to do. Penalty killing especially, but also the power play has been maybe not incredible or great, but it's been good. So to have an incredible PK and a good power play all meshing together at the same time has been a major factor in why the Sens have had this uptick in uh, in success lately. Yes, I agree with that. If I'm looking at more of a individual approach, and yes, stick taps, and we just talked about Anton Forsberg, but it's the revelation that is and growth of the top line. We spent a lot of this show talking about Tim Stutzla, his line combinations going forward, this and that, but the whole reason why we can do that is because Ottawa's found a combination here that can carry the mail going yep. forward. Like, did you see after Ottawa made it 2-1 in the game against Philly, they had no life in that first period. They got outshot, I think it was 8 nothing before Ottawa had their first shot on goal. It and was that was like very, 13 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, well, they got their first shot on goal 13 minutes in, exactly. That's what I'm saying, like, yeah. Like you're saying, yeah. So after they made it 2-1, Brady Kachuk had a captain shift, which was go hit everything moving, and then try to get an offensive chance. Now, this top line, Batherson, 12 points in his last nine games, all in December. These are December stats. Brady Kachuk with 11 points in nine games, and Josh Norris with six goals and nine points in that same span. So not only that, but hockey's played as a five-man unit. Don't know if I'm breaking any news there. So, yeah, you can get you can get six a – Six if you count the goal. Well, there you go. Yeah, goal-friendly <laughs> show. Can't forget that. Um but I'm pulling up the stats here for December if anyone wants to see them on YouTube, courtesy NHL.com. But as I mentioned, a five-man unit, Pilsy, how important is Thomas Shabbat to this top line? Because he's getting them up there on break-in so smoothly, and he's got a point per game over his last nine. And you can see going down the list, there's so much production up top in your top six-plus Shabbat. And then the fall-off is pretty apparent after that, although you have had a couple nice outings now from Watson, Gambrell, Nick Paul had his multi-point game against Florida. So there are some other things that you can hold on to here going forward. But I think the number one reason for confidence is Kachuk Norris and uh, Batherson showing that they can be up there with the best lines in hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And Batherson's point per game pace is just proof of that. Like it's More than point per game. Yeah, it's insane what he's been able to do. So definitely the top line, now that they're in cement and nothing's changing there, has been a beautiful thing to watch lately. Yes, it certainly has. And hopefully we'll get by this extended period without sense hockey, much like we got through 310 days. Before. We're old hat, especially yeah. when you add in the postponement earlier this year. So no Ottawa Senators games, no Belleville Senators games, but we have a few tricks up our sleeve, including, should we do some power rankings tomorrow, Pilsy? Ooh, power ranking... Tuesdays? In the Senators? Yeah. Or league-wide? No, well, we'll have to come up with what we're going to rank, but I think <laughs> I think we need people to get We're going to rank at, something. We're we ranking pe- something. We need people to get mad at lists. Yeah. I feel like that's the best way to pass days without hockey. Oh, you know what we could do, Ross? How about we do a, a naughty and a nice list? Whoa, all right. A little holiday twist yes. on things here. I like that. I think we're going to get Tony Ferrari later in the week as well, World nice. Junior Preview, because there's no game on Friday, or no show on Friday, Christmas Eve. And then by the time we're back on Monday, the 27th, the World Junior is going to be underway. 
And so it is a Christmas tradition to have Tony Ferrari on. It is, although he ruffled some feathers online. Among he might be on the naughty list. He might be. We'll let you know that hmm. tomorrow. Power rankings. And to finish off, who's back of the week? COVID. So that yes. sucks. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. But it's the truth. If I was going to go Senators with that, how can it not be Anton Forsberg? Sounds like too simple. I mean, you already gave him your forgiveness on Friday. No, I did. You were you were upset at Victor Mete. I forgave Mete, that. yes. Yes, and for me, it was Anton Forsberg. All right, thanks for listening. Really appreciate that. I already see some Wednesday worries in my oh, yeah. in my headlights right now. So lots to get into this week. We also had some great suggestions for segments. Sends yes. in 60 seconds. Pillsy, I'm going to put you on the hot seat later on this great. week as well. <laughs> so lots coming up despite no games. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you making Locked On Senders your first listen or watch of the day, be it on YouTube or wherever you download your Locked On podcast but for today we say goodbye for up the minute stats news analysis it's locked on dot senators on instagram send central on twitter for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day <laughs>